listening to the Boxing Life Podcast, where we talk about everything from boxing to business. Fighting Manny Pacquiao is, is an experience. It's not a fight. Mindset to money. I, I think any business, you have to make it someone's third place. Speaking to some of the world's most interesting people. Right, so that would be considered an example of a biohack, where I'm hacking my biology. From Sutherland, England, now living in Los Angeles, California. You put him in the ring with me in his day, and I'm talking his best day, and I'm 50 right now. I will knock him no. out. Here's your host, 2008 Olympic medalist and former undefeated professional boxer, Tony Jeffries. Welcome to the Boxing Life Podcast with me, Tony Jeffries. Alongside us, I've got Glenn, Mr. Six Figure Holmes. We call him Six Figures because he's the highest earning personal trainer in the whole world. In the whole wide world. What about that? We are back. We are back. We've not done a podcast now for coming on five months. Uh, if you want to listen to me last podcast, I'll tell you why I was not podcasting. But uh, yeah, we're back and we're coming at you with a heavy boxing podcast, talking a lot about boxing. Uh, this is what we talk about. We talk about boxing and we talk about life on this episode. That's why it's called, on this podcast. That's why it's called the Box and Life Podcast. Do you want to list some of the things that we talk about, Glenn? Yeah, why Britain's got the best amateur boxing program in the world. The uh, rise of the Eastern Europeans coming up in boxing the recent fights the James DeGale fight out in Las Vegas tell a couple of stories as we because we were there for that fight the fights this past weekend Amir Khan Adrian Broner and how Kel Brook fits into that picture uh, Javonta Davis and what's going on with him uh, Lomachenko uh, the Canelo failed drug test set up and everything Tri- else Triple G Triple G's yeah. next fight as well so yeah, this is the Boxing Life Podcast. Thank you for listening and uh, I hope you enjoy it. You can get, follow us on Instagram at Boxing Life. You can uh, leave us a review on this. It'll really help the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google, Spotify, wherever you're listening to. It's also on YouTube, the episode, so you can go and watch us on YouTube. Here it is, the Boxing Life Podcast with me, Tony Jeffries and Glenn Holmes. Well, Glenn, feels good to do another podcast with you, mate. I'm absolutely buzzing to be back. I've been hassling you for three months to do a podcast, and you're like, nah, I'm too busy. Nah, I'm too busy. <laughs> but now here we are, so let's, let's have it. Let's get into it. Yeah, I've been busy as shit, and if we have not lo- uploaded a podcast for nearly five months now, uh, well, I uploaded one episode where I was telling you why I've not been up- uploading podcasts, and obviously the reason is that too busy. The end of last year... Uh, the, the I wanted to concentrate on more the business. The business wasn't doing as well well as I wanted it to be. So if it's the first time listening, um, I co-own two boxing fitness facilities called Box and Burn, one in Santa Monica, one in Brentwood, Los Angeles. Uh, and then also co- co-own the Box and Burn Academy. It's an education program with uh, with Glenn and Kevin, the uh, co-owner of Box and Burn. So yeah, the businesses wasn't doing the w- what I would look like to have do- the m- let's get it doing. clear. I mean, it was still doing fine. No, it was doing. It was but doing it just great. wasn't. It we, we it was like a little bit of a drop off, and I think part of the reason for that was because you know the holiday season in fitness industry always dips a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, but I think we were so balls deep in academy, right? And you know, putting time into podcast and stuff, and then just I was on cruise mode a little bit. I think wasn't it? Yeah, Put a bit of effort back in, and it's booming again yeah I felt like I just took, took me foot off the gas a little bit I'm speaking for me not not, not so much me business partner Kevin but yeah I, I feel like I've took my foot off the gas a little bit uh, and it, it wasn't doing great yeah the, that time of year isn't great for the industry anyway but 
comparison to the previous years, although we've got we've changed a lot of things in the gym with mm. loads of other shit, but I don't want to get into too too much because uh, we've got so much more to talk about. Yep. Boxing. Yep. The boxing world is flying now, isn't it? So yeah. it's straight into the boxing. But boxing, is. boxing is is flying now. It's uh, it's amazing, and I'm, I love how well uh, like great the British fighters are doing. It's just it's probably the best it's ever been, right? For British boxing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, since. Well, I retired. It was better then, but then when I retired, yeah. you know, <laughs> no, it is. A, it's really doing well, and it all comes down to the amateur boxing program. Yeah, you know, people like, "How the hell is that?" But yeah, it really, really does. Yeah. The amateur boxing program in Great Britain is probably one of the best in the world, and I, I know this firsthand because that's how I went all the way through and, and won the Olympic medal because of this program that got put in place. Yeah, uh, and if you look at the, the the big names, the big prospects. Or, or the, not even the prospects like Anthony Joshua. He was on that, that program. Mm-hmm. He's probably the biggest name now in British boxing. So let me ask you this: What do you think makes that the best amateur boxing program in the world? What kind of stuff is going on behind the scenes that makes it the best? I mean, the, the, the facility for a start out in Sheffield. Yeah, the, the the facility, the program, the consistency of training, the the co- continually bringing in champions like mm-hmm. the the national champions, uh, and. The way that you train there, you train like three, four times a day. You're getting your expenses paid. You're getting your meals paid for. You tra- your travel expenses, your hotel, your accommodation. You're training down there four days a week, five days a week with other champions. Yeah. And we've spoken about this a lot before. You're the average of the five people you surround yourself the, the, with the most. And down there, you're surrounding yourself with 10, 12 other national champions spawn right. day in, day out with them. Yeah you're obviously going to rise and become better and better. Yeah, yeah. There is other countries that do it. I know the, the Eastern European countries like Russia and Kazakhstan and all and all them do it as well. I'm glad you mentioned them because I was just going to say like that the, they're probably right behind or right up there with the yeah, British fighters as well. And what I think has held them back in the past is the the American fighters have all been flashy and the money's all been in America. But what's ten, what I, the, the pattern I see happening now is these Russians are so good and and so dominant that the talent's just speaking for itself right. and it's kind of it, competing with the flashy money side of it in yeah. America. Not that the American fighters aren't talented, obviously they are, but the, the Russian fighters and the Ukrainians and Kazakhstan and all that, they're all starting to really get to the top now, which is where they, they deserve to be. And they're, they're avoided right. big but, time. But yeah, they are in, in the pro game. And that's the thing with, America hasn't got an amateur boxing program. They've got one, but it's, it's really poor you know it's really bad because they haven't got the funds for some reason the government's not putting the funding into boxing so the fighters are not getting funded so what do they want to do they want to turn pro and earn some money straight away exactly yeah well let's talk about the funding for the British amateur boxing program where and where that came from because you've been a big supporter of Ollie Harrison right? yeah so and he was one of the main reasons why that funding came into play yeah. right in, in the year 2000 in the Sydney Olympics a uh, heavyweight called Audley Harrison won a gold medal for Great Britain which helped the UK lottery funding come through and and they funded all the boxes they put the well not all the boxes all the funded the program yeah where they gathered 50 plus national champions 16 years old and older the aim for the 16 year olds for the eight year uh for look, looking at long term for eight years so yeah. they're going to fund these 16 year olds for eight eight, eight years to the 20 uh, 2008 Olympics which yeah. I went to or 16 years old I went onto that program start getting funded and uh, and, and that was the best thing that happened Ollie Harrison winning that medal uh, because now like I said all the national champions train together and at the time I was 16 years old I was getting £500 every three months 
right, which is converted to about $750 every three months. Yeah. But you're 16 year old, you're at school, that's a lot of money. Yeah. That's a lot of money. You've got cash in your pocket. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then they're bringing you down to do training camps with other national champions. Yeah. They're, tra- they're, they're taking you around the world traveling. So I was traveling to Greece, um, Poland, Germany. At I traveled 16. everywhere, 16 it's years amazing. old, 17, 18, start getting more experience, winning national titles. Uh, I won the European gold medal when I was 16 years old, which again, that helped boost the funding. Because now they've got Ollie Harrison's money, Ollie Harrison's success in 2000. In 2001, they got the first uh, European gold medalist boxer, which was me. Yeah. Uh, which showed them like, look, this program's working. Yeah. You put money into us. Now, now we've created this European champion. Yeah. Then they got more money, and then, uh, and then I mean, the 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 rest is. It's not history, but the, the, you know, it went from there. It snowballed. Yeah, and look we, at it now. We trained amazing. more and more together, and then we got better and better. Then, see, Oddly Harrison, there was only two people who went to the Sydney Olympics. It was Oddly Harrison and uh, Courtney Fry, and Oddly Harrison won the gold. Mm. In 2004, there was only one boxer that went to the Olympics. Amir Khan, right? Amir Khan. Which only one? Only one boxer from Great Britain. Wow. And Amir Khan is a freak of nature. Like, yeah. he really is. And we're going to talk about Amir Khan later on this podcast. Yeah. Because he's just fought on the weekend. Then... So it's like we believe that the chances of us going to the 2008 Olympics is very, very slim. Yeah. Right. But we qualified seven boxes. And we're like, wow, this is the most boxes that's ever qualified yeah, yeah. for Great Britain. And now the program's right in place. The funding's helping us. The right. funding's stopping us from turning professional, mm-hmm. you know, which happens in America. Yeah. They're not getting the funding. They just want to earn that money fast. And Mexico. In Mexico, yeah. Or these countries. And, and then... Turn, I mean, turn like pro at like 14 or whatever. Yeah, which which is crazy. So that's how the funding has really helped develop bo- amateur boxing. And now all these boxers are coming through, traveling around the world, fighting everywhere, going to the Olympic Games, getting medals and and, and, and really putting limelight and, and putting boxing under the spotlight because they're so successful. And now when we turn professional, now that's why the Britain's got one of the biggest probably the, the best boxing nation in the world yeah right especially with prospects well, I think look, some, some, about a year ago we had more world champions than anybody else yeah it was like well I can't even remember what it was but it was, it was like 13 14 yeah but I'm not sure exactly what it is now or who it is now but it, it's it might even be better now but uh, yeah it's, it's unbelievable and like you said like these Eastern Europeans like the Russians Kazakhstan's Uzbekistan's uh, the, the Ukrainians there's so many of them countries with very very talented fighters in mm. But up until recently, no one's wanted to touch them. And I yeah. think now they've seen with the success of Triple G, yeah. he was the first one that they brought over from Eastern Europe that I can think of, who's massive name now. Yeah. Now it's like, ooh, now I think these American pros are there's, there's a ton bring some over. Like right on the on the line of breaking up to that next level as well. Well, Kovalev. Like, well, yeah, Kovalev did well. Um, but you mentioned to me about Bertabiev or whatever. Yeah, Bertabiev. Bertabiev, beast. And uh, Usyk. Yeah. Those guys, they're like, they're there now yeah. and like no one wants to fight him <laughs> yeah he, you know? exactly because I think with them the reason why the Americans have not really went over and got them fighters and brought them back is because they're not that marketable yeah but like tri- look at Triple G he's not marketable at all but they've, they've, but he's fighting speaks for itself yeah exactly because right? he's, he's that much that, that big of a talent yeah you know it's ridiculous yeah, exactly and that's what's happening now with all those those eastern block fighters the talents what's making them marketable yeah they just touch people and they go and it's like everyone's yeah you know people 
love that because they get seeing knockouts. Yeah. So, yeah, boxing, I think now is in one of the best places it's been for a long time. People disagree with that all, all day long. But, I mean, I might be biased, biased because I know there's a lot of my friends right now who's world champions or up there, you know? Yeah. Uh, Speak, speaking of that, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, we were in Las Vegas, went out there to see James DeGale. Yeah. Try and regain his uh, IBF super middleweight title and his rematch against... Uh, shit, well, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Caleb Truax. And uh, it's a great night, wasn't it? Yeah, it was great. So James DeGale, Olympic teammate of mine, he got, a, got the gold medal in Beijing 2008 for Great Britain. And uh, I, I got the bronze medal this, the same year. He was my main spawn partner for that. So I'm very close to James. And uh, it was great to see him win that title. But he should never have lost it in the first place. Obviously, nah. he, he lost that fight, but he should never have lost that fight. You know? Yeah, I think he came back too soon from his shoulder surgery and didn't take him really that seriously and just didn't turn up. Yeah, it was a great trip. It's always good to go to Vegas and always fun. But that, that rematch, we were ringside for it and I've never seen you so passionate at a, at a fight <laughs> or about a fight at all. It was it was amazing. I loved it. Yeah, Just the, the whole 12 rounds just on your feet just shouting your head off. Uh-huh. It was class. Because like, like I've always said before, like, I'll watch fights if the big fights and yeah. if the, if me me friends and when when they're me friends I'm so emotionally involved yeah. with the fights definitely I, I just want them to succeed so, so bad so yeah yeah and I was I was buzzing that he that he won that fight and, and it was a tough fight too yeah he, I th- I think he made it hard for himself yeah but at the same time he got the got the win which is a uh, which is is the main thing yeah. is the main thing at the but end of the day buzzing for him and then there's it'd be interesting to see where he goes from here now if he gets the um, the Callum Smith versus George Groves winner yeah. for a unification. That'll be a huge fight. A great huge, fight. A huge fight. I think that, that's going to be uh, as big as Groves' frotch, you know? I yeah, think, yeah. I really think it will because the yeah. build-up's going to be massive. Yeah, de- definitely. Uh, so you, you think Groves beats Callum Smith? Uh, no. I, 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 I don't know. It's, it's, I think it's a f- proper 50-50 so fight. It's going to be a great it's fight. It's a 50-50 fight. Yeah. Uh, but I... I, I don't know. I, I would love to see Callum Smith beat him and beat him in style. I know, I and know then he, Callum Smith, James DeGale. I know you suck George Grover's arse all the time. <laughs> buys his t-shirts and that, and like, <laughs> white wears around the gym. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it'd be, I think it'd be a great fight. Uh, yeah, Vegas was a, a good, a good trip. And then that fight after DeGale's fight. Oh yeah, um, Arislandi Lara against Jarrett Hurd. That was a great. That fight. was a great fight. He's a beast, that fella. Just a perfect. This is why I love boxing. That was like the definition of perfect style matchup. Just a pure skilled, like Cuban mover against just a beast coming forward who right. just knocks people out. Yeah. And it was just, I think, I thought Laura won watching it live. I thought Laura outboxed him like he does everybody. And then he just got caught and dropped in the last round. And heard heard won the decision. I feel so sorry for Arislandi Laura because he's got three losses on his record now. And I think all three fights he won. Right, and he just—he's just not one of—he's another one. It's like we talked about: how you, you're not marketable. You can't speak English. Jared Hurd's marketable. He looks, you know, he's like got a different look. And yeah. He's just massive at the weight, knocks people out. He's I more marketable. So I when you get a won. close decision, uh, I thought it was close, but uh, you felt Hurd won. Yeah, I thought yeah. Hurd won. Uh, it just depends what you like, doesn't it? Do you like someone who's coming forward trying to knock someone out? Or do you like someone who's, you know. Boxing right. and moving and yeah. keeping them off, which is always hard to sc- score them fights. Yeah, and, and you're hard to think how the judges are going to score them fights because you n- you never know. But Laura fought Canelo and did the same thing, and just I don't think he really got touched for twelve rounds and right. didn't get a decision. 
and then everyone just took the piss saying he was on his bike all the time but whatever but yeah. Um, but yeah I just feel sorry for him because he's just unbelievably talented yeah it was interesting on, at that fight as well we were talking to Cal Brook Cal Brook was ringside uh, I, another one I know from the amateur days and uh, it was good, good to see him and I know I think it's common knowledge everyone knows that him and Amir Khan that's a big fight that everyone wants to see right yeah. now yep uh, but I don't think he, he thinks it's going to happen right now that's what he was saying to you yeah right? uh, but obviously he wants to fight but What's not going to happen next? Coming off uh, this past weekend when Khan won, obviously in like 39 seconds, we'll get to that in a minute, but I, I, I'm I, more excited to see Broner and Khan than Kel Brook and Khan. P- because, as Amir Khan said, Kel Brook's been fighting at 154, he fought 160, 154, he's kind of moved up. Right. Um, if they fight, it's going to be a catchweight fight, there's not going to be a belt involved. I'd rather see a world title fight between Adrian Broner and Amir Khan first. Yeah. And then if he comes through that, then uh, figure something out with, with Brooke, big stadium fight. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's a business, you know. Khan's been at the ring for two two years and he won't, he should try and get a few fights in before that big fight and try and make some money, build his popularity right back up there. Yeah. Um, the only danger if he does that route, if he does take the Broner fight and doesn't come through that, then it, the Kelbrook yeah, fight's that's, off. that's out the window. You know? or, or it might not be, but... It's less of a big attraction. Right. It would be if, if he, he gets beat. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was interesting when we, as well, we talked to Polly Malnagy on the, on the plane. Oh, yeah, yeah. Coming back. Uh, Let's tell that story. Yeah, we've seen Polly Malnagy. <laughs> Mugged you off and then you told him who you were and then he was his best mate. Yeah, he best mate, retweeting <laughs> me shit and all that and following us on Instagram. Uh, no, I mean, I, I think with with Polly Malnagy, he he's that fucking busy and that, at a Vegas weekend, he yeah. just gets mobbed all yeah, the yeah. time. All the time. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he must be sick of talking about boxing because that's time. all he talks about all the time. Yeah, uh, he loved it though. Once we once we had a chat because he actually trained. He um, was going out to LA to do Brendan Chubb's uh, new Showtime show, the yeah. Below the Belt show. So once we told him we knew Brendan and I trained him in the gym and stuff, he was like, oh, yeah, he was, he was having it. All out it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it, it was good. And then <laughs> that flight. So I want to talk about the flight back. So funny. So I, I'm. I'm a, a little bastard. Let's put it that way. I'm a little <laughs> bastard, right? Uh, I, I'm like a kid. Is I'm, like, I'm like a kid. So, if you listen to this from England, uh, you'll probably in your on WhatsApp, you probably get all these crazy videos and sent to you all the time. Uh, so I get these videos sent to you all the time. So anyway, I've changed the name on my phone to Michelle. I don't know why, but it's Michelle. It's a female name. On, so just on your WhatsApp thing. No, on my or phone. Oh, on right. my phone. So if I send someone. If someone searches for me on airdrop, oh, this is genius. So if someone searches for me on airdrop, it's Michelle, <laughs> right? So then, if uh, <laughs> if I'm trying to send someone something on airdrop, yeah, it's like he's a message off Michelle. So right, someone's more likely to receive it, right? Ex- well, well, is that the reason you, yeah, you did it? Because if it's a fella and it's like Tony wants to airdrop you something, like, yeah, Tony, yeah, yeah. But if it's Michelle, yeah. pass this here. So, so if it's Michelle. So before we do, do that, like do, when. I want to talk about when you're on a on a flight and you try and airdrop somebody something. Right. If, I don't know if anyone listening ever does that, but send us like a, a comment or an example or a st- tell us a story about when you've tried to do it and if it came off or not. Because every time I go on airdrop and I tr- I'll, I'll pick a random, you know, like people's phones come yeah. up, right? I try and send them something and every time it gets declined, I've not had one person. Because it's Glenn. And I, so now you've told me that, I'm going to change my name 
and I'm going to see if I can start getting some results. I like how you, I like how you see it. results. I like that. But, <laughs> but I also like how you see it. Tell us some stories when you do it. Mate, do you think anyone else does this? Good point. No. Probably not. Mate, mate, so, <laughs> What's wrong with this? So I've got this one video. It's a, it's a, it's like it's a, a woman. fight video. It's a fight one, but there's another one where, where, where it's a, a cleavage and it's like, it's like a woman. It looks like she's about to like strip. Yeah. So it's like, fuck, I'm getting this. Bird, Michelle, yeah. sending send these videos. Yeah. And then you open it up when you're on the aeroplane and this is what you hear. With a... Ah, kill it. Oh, it's not working now. Go on, hit play. Oh, you've got on silent. So yeah, you're on the aeroplane, you get this sexy bird woman image coming up and then you hear... Mate, it's not working. Oh, it's spoiling. Just turn it up. Right. So go and reset the story. You get this. Yeah, yeah. Edit this out. So now imagine this: you're on the airplane, you get an airdrop come up from Michelle, and then you can see the preview of the, the thumbnail image, and it's a sexy woman just in a, a random phone. Oh, just Michelle. So you so you press play of the video, and this happens. <laughs> Right, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm sitting there like uh, on the airplane. It's, it's normally when you went to take off or, or when you land and you and you're sitting there, and I'm doing that because it's quiet, right? Yeah. So I'm doing this. This is on the way back from Vegas, and I'm doing this, and I'm, I'm there's like a list of fucking men's names come up, and there was one fella called Barry just popped up, and I was like, hey, Barry, we're near like Barry. He's definitely accepting <laughs> this. Boom, sent, accept, and I'm hiding my phone. I'm all, I'm all. Uh, I'm all nervous and all that like because oh, people walk past and they'll, they'll see your shit so I'm thinking I hope he doesn't see me stuff so I, Barry accepted and then I'm sitting there thinking I'm waiting for it and all of a sudden I hear <laughs> and then I, and then <laughs> and then I'm laughing and then I'm laughing and then I, then I turn around and look where it is everyone on the plane turn around at looking at this fella Barry and he's all panicking <laughs> Trying to switch his phone off as fast as he can. So funny. <laughs> Did he so clock funny. you though when you no, started he didn't, laughing? No, he didn't clock me because everyone's looking at him. Yeah. All he's thinking about is 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 turning his phone off Next as fast level. as he can. Next Mate, level. I'm pissing myself. That's one of the funniest things I've ever done. I, I can't. I, no, I've, I've told that. I've told a story that many times. I can't stop laughing. At it. So we, funny. Poor Barry. Class. Bright red. He looked like a fucking tomato. He had a bald head as well. <laughs> overweight. Just a fat looking pervert. Just the most normal man in the world. <laughs> <laughs> just a pervy bastard. Just horny as fuck for Michelle all of a sudden he gets that <laughs> it's pure humiliating <laughs> on an aeroplane full of horrible. hundreds of people horrible ah, so so funny we got to talk about um, that what the the guy in the Fremont Street in Vegas too who, who you go in you pay a dollar and you move you put his body in whatever position you want oh aye. so what, what did I do right so just to set the scene we were in Fremont Street in Old Town Vegas and there's like you know like street performers and all that kind of stuff there's one guy Whatever position, thousands of people there. By yeah, look, thousands. It was packed, and there's this guy who's got a bucket. You put a dollar in, and whatever position you put his body in, he's got to stay there until somebody else goes and puts a dollar in and moves him into a different position. So I was like, right, fuck this. I threw a dollar in, put him in. You know, like the hardest plank to hold when you're on your back and your legs are off and your arms are off like this, right? <laughs> so put him in that. And I'm like, there's no chance he's lasting past thirty seconds in that. So he's there, like, start arms are off, legs are off, just shaking uh, trying to hold this plank and then someone else went in and changed it I was like oh, what are you doing I was dying to see him fail on that but he, he lasted fair play yeah. to him and then uh, 
we were putting him on his back with his hand like this. Yeah, so funny. And uh, give him V's and all that. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. having a laugh. Yeah, if you've not been to Vegas, I highly recommend it. It's so, so, it's so pure fun. fun. There's just, just stupid shit happening everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Can't get into that too much on this podcast. It, well, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. <laughs> Apart from herpes. That's what I'm Is that the, the t-shirt? Apart yeah, from herpes. Apart from herpes, that comes with you, that cunt. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... Moving on, on to the, to the fights. Uh, I love how we went from boxing to herpes. Boxing to herpes. <laughs> how did that happen? <laughs> to women having orgasms and shit. Uh, moving on, yeah. Uh, Bruce Bruno's just fought this weekend as well. Uh, I can't stand that guy, I'm sorry. I love him. I couldn't stand him before, but now I love him. He's just a tool. Did you see the, the what he was saying after the fight? He's gone 12 rounds with someone and he's still giving him shit. What, what, what's that doing? It's got just us making talking people about, think he's a knob. It's got us talking about him right now. I know, but not one person has anything positive to say about him. He's just like, I don't know. Um, I mean, he's smashing it though. Well, I, 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 is, maybe, he? Is, is he? I mean, he's denied. Yeah. That's he's, what's so shit. It's he's like, one of the most famous... If he was undefeated and like just killing it and you know, he could back it all up and all that, then fair but enough. Isn't he but one of the biggest at, he, American fighters right now? Name-wise, publicity, fame-wise. Probably, yeah. I got uh, after after like who who is the biggest names in American boxing? Johnny Wilder's up there. Yeah, Wilder, Brawner. Uh actually Thurman. who who is actually American? Yeah. Hmm. Thurman. Javonta Davis. Uh Errol Spence. But Errol Spence, another it, one. Yeah, so he's, he's where, when yeah, we had the uh, boring. when we had our boxing there, Calbrook was getting uh getting more pictures with people than, than Errol Spence and yeah. they really knew who he was yeah yeah and my client Mark Stewart who was at the fight with us he, he was telling us he was he was saying you should have seen how much popular Cal Brook was over, over uh, Errol Spence, Spence yeah know? yeah it's mad, it's mad. Uh, that, that's th- another thing we've spoken about before on previous podcasts is how fighters don't really use social media the way that they should use social media what, what, what I think they should you know yeah. you can use social media to really big themselves up even if it's just Posting training videos every other day. Yeah, you know the train, the the training every day. Put a video of your shadow boxing out. Right, you know, put a video you're talking in the camera saying, "I've just done this, 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 this." Yeah, but they miss that opportunity. You know, the the miss. Just it. don't really think about it, is it? It's weird. And it's so easy for them to build. Yeah, their following on, on on social media, but they don't do it. Yeah, but yeah. So Bruno Ford, he I draw. I thought I thought he nicked it. I thought he nicked it. I think he's gonna. I've can I think Khan's gonna be next for him. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think I think I think And that's so. a great fight. Yeah. It's a great fight. It's a, it's a big it's a big fight. Uh, I think Khan beats him. Yeah, I think he's outboxing him. But Khan's so fast. So let's yeah. so Khan's fight there, it's yep. forty seconds, thirty nine seconds. He uh, he won just made the guy look stupid. And he come out and he was flying. Yeah. What's that guy's record? Lord Greco, he's only yeah. lost three. He lost he, he lost to Errol Spence. He got stopped by Errol Spence and he got stopped by um Sean Porter. And then now he's just been stopped by Amir Khan. Yeah, yeah, he's not not the biggest name in boxing right now, but uh, but he's he's doing. Uh, let's see, he's uh, let's pull up his box rec. But, but Khan is so talented. I think he's really. Uh, he's lost four now. So yeah, he lost to um, Errol Spence. Uh, Sean Porter stopped him. Uh, or Sean Porter didn't stop him. He won on points. Errol Spence stopped him in the third round. 
and then Amir Khan stopped him in the first round. But here's what I, like annoys me when when someone like Amir Khan, right, he, he went up to middleweight, got knocked out bad, been out for two years, right, and people give him shit for taking a a lesser opponent. Like, what's he gonna do? Is he gonna jump back in and fight Triple G? No, no. It's like you don't understand how it works. Right. And here's the thing: he's coming back, and he can't win because if he'd have gone the distance with that guy, they would have been. Oh, should have should have stopped him. He was right, a bum. Yeah. He's a bum. And then knocks him out in thirty nine seconds. Oh well, he was a bum. So, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's yeah. like, it's nothing you can do. Um, yeah. But yeah, he looked good. He looked, he looked confident, explosive. You know, coming off a knockout and being out, just got in there and just smashed him up. Got him, got him out. It's yeah, good. exactly what he needed to do. Yeah. So hopefully that. Uh, I'd, I would love to see the, the build-up with him and Broner because you've seen when that guy great build-up you've seen, yeah. the, you've seen when Khan flipped when the fella mentioned yeah. Khan's bird yeah because you know for a fact that's all Broner's going to talk about yeah I think that's all that guy had though wasn't it just to get yeah. under his skin he right. really didn't have the talent to beat him so but he's Broner, like I'm just going to wind him up but Broner will or Broner yeah. will destroy him yeah Ami was in, in Box and Burn about two months ago yeah came in which was great to see him I used to room with him uh, on in back back before he went to the Olympics I I remember when he was uh, sixteen or fifteen, maybe fifteen. I was in the, I was sharing a room with him, and he said, uh, "He said I want to go to the two thousand and four Olympics and, and win gold medal." I was like, "This football's crazy." He's off his head. Yeah, fifteen, sixteen year old. Uh, and I was like, oh, "All right, sound." And like I said before that, there was only Ollie Iverson being the other Olympics. Ollie Iverson, Courtney Fry, and he did it. Well, he went. He won the, won the silver medal, but and, and fought, lost to Mario Kindle in one of the best amateur boxers of all time. Yeah, and then he beat him in the rematch. But for a kid to have that much self belief in himself and actually not just talk the talk, walk the walk as well. Mm-hmm. I remember when he was sixteen, won the England team, and he had sponsors. He had camera crews following him around. This was after he was qualified for Olympics. We couldn't believe yeah. like how how big he got how fast when he was so young getting so much publicity right. which is rightly so because his story is amazing yeah. that age his, his story is amazing and like I always used to th- he used to like annoy me a little bit like when he was uh, you know like four or five years ago he'd always be talking about I'm going to get the May- May- uh, Mayweather fight I'm not going to get the Pacquiao fight and I'd just be like oh come on and, like you just got stopped and it just seemed like he was like a little bit deluded on where he was at but now where he's at, I, I have nothing but like respect for him. What he's done is amazing. I think, right. and, and I, I really want him to continue going and win more world titles and and almost prove to people like like just have a really good career. Yeah. I mean, he's always had an amazing career, but I want him to just keep what going was that and succeeding. Colombian called I have a lot of respect for him. Be- Bodros or be- something who we fought, we fought when he got knocked out. His first time he got knocked out. Oh, um, uh, British press. Prescott yeah. yeah you know so I was there I was ringside for that fight that was horrible he got, yeah, he got yeah. knocked out bad he was on the feet at the Frank time Warren, right? yeah the, the guy the guy was at like 19 fights or something mm. 19 knockouts like mm-hmm. most of the first round and he knocked Corn out and then and then after the knockout I heard Frank Warren ran and I'm talking Frank Warren Amy's promoter ran to that Prescott's dressing room with the contract and signed him straight away fucking hell I know. Really? Yeah. Like Frank Warren was like loving on me a corn before that fight. Right, right. And I heard that that's what happened. He went there, just signed the contract. Shit. Just shows like horrible, how much of a business it is. I mean, yeah. fucking, I, I, I mean, he's just still semi-conscious and he's getting to sign a contract. Yeah, that's you know? fucked. Like offering him doing all that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, 
understandable, right? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, but, but it's just, it's, it's just it's nasty. Cold as fuck, I remember yeah. when, I remember when Corn fought um, Garcia, was it, was it, Danny, when he Garcia, got, Danny yeah. Garcia, and Oscar Dalio Oya was all over Corn before yeah. that fight. And then he all was of, in the corner celebrating with Garcia. Yeah, think, as soon yeah. as Corn got yeah. knocked out, he was on his, yeah, I remember that. That really made me dislike Oscar Dalio Oya yeah. when he'd done that. Yeah. But it's because I know I'm it's here and it. I'm emotionally connected, I'm emotionally involved with the fight. Yeah. So when I seen that, I was like, oh, Oscar, you fucking. Yeah. Tranny. Horrible. <laughs> uh, Go get back on your on your Charlie and get your tights on and your high heels. <laughs> what are you doing? Javonta uh, Davis, Lomachenko. Yep. It's on now, I think, right? Well, who's Lomachenko's got this uh, uh, beast who's fighting next? Who's, uh, just bought, who's just boxed Luke Campbell? Uh, oh, he's fighting. Um, what's he called again? Uh, Jorge Linares. Yeah, Jorge Linares. That's a good fight because I really. It's a Linares. great fight. Uh, Linares is a beast. He's skilled. He's hard. He'll, he'll fight. You know, yeah. he'll give him a tough fight, but I don't think he'll have enough to do anything over twelve rounds. I don't think anyone will. I <laughs> nah. think I think Lomachenko's pound for pound the best fighter now. What What's so interesting though, that, like when Lomachenko gets to D- Davis, is that Davis is so explosive and powerful. Right. So that's 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 the variable that's going to make it interesting. Right. I think that's going to be his hardest fight. But it's interesting speaking of Davis because I've got heard some stuff about him recently. That's cool. Some insider stuff. So he was put in a house by Mayweather in Vegas. Mayweather put him up the house, and they were really pissed off with him after the last couple of fights. He didn't make weight, right? Yeah. And he's been saying things like, "I've done it all on my own," and being disrespectful not listening to Mayweather in the gym in sparring and all this and they, so he's kind of rubbing him the wrong way a little bit as it was but they've kind of tried to turn it around I heard that he put him up in a house in Vegas and spent like a couple of million on like furniture and just pimping this place out making him feel like he's he's having it you know and said all I ask for you to like is just to do your training camps and stay on it and just be professional and get through your camps and win your fights right do you know what he did? He got all the um, stuff that Mayweather put in this house, sold it, <laughs> right? Took the money and fucked off to Ohio and uh, he's living with Adrian Broner. Bloody hell. <laughs> yeah, he roomed up with Adrian Broner in Ohio. And like, if you could th- think of a worse roommate to keep you on the straight and narrow and keep you disciplined in training camps. It'd be Broner. Broner would be like, <laughs> he's the, probably the worst one you could room Broner as well. Who, uh, think of a How one. much the, the truth there is to that or not, I don't know, but. Uh, as well, ripping, ripping Mayweather off. You know, I, I, would, I wouldn't do that. Exactly. Mayweather's like someone, who's, bad, so, bad someone who's responsible pretty much for your entire career to this point. Yeah. And getting you to where you've gotten to, to just be that that disrespectful. It's unbelievable. So I think they were really pushing for the Lomachenko fight to try and get a loss on his record so right. that they could get him out of out of the contract wow. off the promotion team. Yeah, that's but mad. Wh- where it's at now, I don't know. I know there's issues that's with it. A, that's the thing about promoters. When you sign a deal with a promoter, they'll, they'll see uh, you, you under this contract, if you lose... I can get out of the contract you can get out of the contract if you want right. so it's basically saying if you lose I don't want you anymore Yeah. Right. so I remember when I signed my contract I I had I said I, I want two losses on me on my contract Yeah. and my manager's got me final say in who my opponent is and my manager was my dad Yeah. You know. and I still, still, still try to stick to us to try to make this fight over McKenzie when I was a soup middle we at 168 the try to fight is over McKenzie at 185 mm. telling us oh you're beat over McKenzie he's lost a few fights and I'm like nah 
Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not fighting over McKenzie. And we thought it was like, not a chance. Yeah. Why Why would we want to risk it over McKenzie? And I've told you before, he's the biggest puncher I've ever sparred with. This was yeah. before I even sparred with him. Massive puncher. Why would we want to have Tony? And this was because uh, I, I drew a fight uh, with Bambula and me, I think me promoter wanted the testers. Right. You know? So he was like, oh, you're going to fight this one. Yeah. If so it, they were going to give you Orville McKenzie after that draw. Yeah. Oh, shit. So it was like, if what were you then? Like eight or nine or all? Yeah. So it was like, if if Tony loses the fight, it's good because yeah. he's, he's shit, right? Uh, if he wins, oh, good, he's going to get boosted up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's just like, these and, and there's not, it's not like looking after you, that is it? No. And I was going to mention this when you mentioned the the Frank Warren story earlier about Amir Khan. Do you just think like at that point that that's just bad matchmaking, putting him in there with somebody who's 19 and all and 19 knockouts? Yes, yes. I mean, we we'll see that now. It's just naive, isn't it? Especially from, especially from Colombia, yeah. right? And there's like no footage of him, you know? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you yeah. know, Amir beat him. There's, the same thing happened with... Um, with, I think with David Price too, they, they knocking people out for fun, and then all of a sudden they they, they give him when he was like th- I think thirteen, fourteen fights in, which is still not a lot. Yeah. Throw him in with Tony Thompson at that point, he'd only lost to Klitschko. Right. You yeah. Know, Southpaw as well. Never been stopped. Never been stopped. Southpaw only lost to Klitschko. Like, come on. I know it's it's bad. I was Frank Maloney as well, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then give him the rematch with him as well. Yeah. And then later on he got. Done for for PhDs, uh, right? Oh, Tepper. No, no, uh, Tony Thompson. Oh, he did. Field drug test. I'm Tony sure. Did? I'm sure. He did. Can Shit. you Google Google that, Eddie Edwin, and see if Tony Thompson uh, failed a drug test, the boxer? But I'm sure he did because right. Teppy failed a drug test as well. Yeah. Uh, Tepper did. Yeah. Tepper did. I did, but they they kept that on the record, though, didn't they? Or did they take it off? Which one? The uh, Aaron Tepper against David Price. I'm not sure if they, they might have took it off. Um, did you find that? 2015? Yeah. It says that uh, Tony Thompson failed drug test for about that ruined David Price's career. Yeah. Oh, he did fail. See, Tony Thompson failed wow. as well. And then he fought Tepper, failed a drug test. Yeah. And then he's just fought, uh, what's his face? Who, who also failed a drug test in the past? Oh, um, uh, Povetkin. Yeah. Yeah. So and then another example I was thinking of was um it was uh uh Kevin Mitchell's last fight against it was his, it turned out to be his last fight but they gave him a guy called Barroso as well and it was the same sort of thing like no one really knew anything about him and when I watched the fight it was just awkward southpaw who was just like you could just see every shot was like right. super heavy and I was just and he was coming off a loss to uh, Linares who was fighting Lomachenko and put him right in with this Barroso guy, and I just and it was just an awful style right. matchup. And I just thought you've you've not done your research. You're not yeah. like do you know what I mean? Just bad matchmaking, and it's insane how much one bad decision, uh, one bad match can cost people careers. Right, it's a huge and decision. People said it for for years about Mayweather, about he's he's been matchmaking. He's handpicked his opponents. Mm-hmm. So what? I mean, but well, he, he worked up to that point to be able to do that. Yeah, and it put as well like he has fought some high level people. It might not be at the primes of the, the careers, mm-hmm. uh, like for instance Canelo. He was he was young. Yeah, uh, I'd blame, but that you can't blame Mayweather for that. But Oscar he, but, De La Hoya pushed for that. Oh, and did he? Wanted Canelo right. in there. Like, oh, we're going to get Mayweather. We're going to get Mayweather. Yeah, was like I, well, when it was made, I was like, nah. Well, talking talk about drugs and Canelo, what about this? Uh, 
this this well, Mexican contaminated this meat, Mexican chicken on the steroids. Like how how can that even happen? Let's let's give him the benefit of the doubt. He ate some chicken. It's contaminated. He's got the best team. He's the number one boxer in the world. He's got millions of dollars. He's got the best nutritionists and all that around him. How how the hell do you? get contaminated meat into your diet unbelievable why is it not getting imported and it's from the best sources and you know I don't I don't understand it yeah yeah. I've just ordered some meat from this this company where I sent you the, the thing about it. it's all organic and grass fed and un, uh, untouched and all that shit but it's amazing so I mean if I can do it and, I, and I've I mean I think Canelo's got I think Canelo's got a little bit more money than me do you think um Probably not actually. Cause, no. Yeah. Well, I don't all right. So. Well, if, if I can afford it, he can afford it. <laughs> no. <laughs> but just ju- just jumping back to Mayweather, just to uh, go through his record. Yeah, he's right? got some names on his record. Just, just listen to this. So Z- Zab Judah, multiple-time world champion, Oscar De La Hoya, Hall of Famer, Ricky Hatton, beast. O- o- yeah, Juan Manuel Marquez, what probably the best, one of the best Mexican fighters of all time, right behind um, Chavez. Chavez, Shane Mosley, beast, world multiple-time world champion. Miguel Cotto, multiple-time world champion, one of the best Puerto Rican fighters of all time. Canelo Alvarez, uh, Marcus Madonna twice, beast. beast. Manny Pacquiao. It's like, you know, it's not. And a then bad Conor list. McGregor. Fuck and me. then Conor McGregor. It's weird on Boxrec because it says debut. Forty-four <laughs> <laughs> fought him on his debut. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the the Canelo situation. What do you think of it? I, the, the frustrating thing for me is how it's been dealt with, like the ban. Six months, six months. Month. Uh, see, it's a, it's a it's a hard one. Like, I'd, I've always been a believer that if you feel a drug test, you should be banned for life. Now I'm I'm kind of like, let's see if that really did happen. He did have contaminated meat. He shouldn't be deserved to ban, be banned for life. But I think he should be on a, a probation period where if he yeah. ever gets caught ever like ever again. Like anything, mm-hmm. that, that's what you're fucking done. Right. Well, yeah, definitely. So, like, say you give him six months ban, what's he going to do now? Probably, you could easily just go on juice for six months because <laughs> he's not going to get tested now. Right. There's no probation with it, I don't think. Is there not, te- is there not testing when you're off? When you're no, not I, don't, I don't think so. Like, I think it's just, just a complete ban. So, it's basically you're going to go on holiday for six months and you can go and do what you want. But, like, you know, when you when you've feel a drug t- when you're on probation from jail and you're not allowed to take drugs they test you every week or something yeah is there none of that in boxing I don't think so I've never heard of it so that's what that's what I was thinking like why don't they just give him a two year ban take him take him out for two years and then say you're going to get randomly tested at intervals so he's on his toes he's got he's forced then to make sure that his team are feeding him uncontaminated meat getting it from the right sources and then he's not juicing right right that way he's forced to do it because he knows he's going to get drug tested at any point and then do that for two years and then he could come back and it'll be a big money fight when he does come back. Yeah. But the way it is now, it's it's just, they're not taking it serious. There's too much money involved. It's like, they don't really want to ban him. It's like, ah, oh, slap on the wrist for six months. You shouldn't have had that meat or whatever and then we'll get the Triple G fight on in, in after six months. There's who's, too much money involved. Who's Triple G like fighting said, now? I heard, I heard he's fighting someone who's not who's not huge it's matched it's oh signed. it is matched it's signed okay because they were Heard talking about Spike O'Sullivan and so I mean I'm not sure who it is he should have been fighting someone he should have been fighting going on his box rack page let's see I would have loved to have seen the, tr- the uh, Billy Joe Saunders fight but I think that fight oh he's fighting um, Vanis Martrosian yeah what's his record 
Uh, I think he's lost one, maybe two, but he was an amazing amateur. Right. Um, I'm surprised. Uh, Can he's box But I would love to have seen him fight Billy Joe Saunders. Or, or I don't uh, think he was ready though, was he? Because his his hand injury. Who? Billy Joe Saunders. Oh hand right, injury. right. They would have had to push the date back, and I think the they did they wanted to keep that May fifth date because they'd put so much effort into promoting the date already. They didn't really want to let it go. Yeah. Uh, March Rosian's thirty six and three. Been stopped. Uh, no, all decision losses. But he lost to Laura. I think that was his last fight. Right. But he hasn't. He's been yeah. inactive for a couple of years. Well, we've got to get Triple G in there and see him in action again. Yeah. Uh, well. Everyone, this has been a boxing deep podcast, a boxing heavy podcast, should I say. If you like this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes. We also release episodes with, with guests. It uh, might be uh, people the likes of Ben Greenfield, Ryan Munsey. I've got one coming up with Ryan Munsey soon. Other people talking about business, talking about health, talking about biohacking, talking about human performance, how to make your body perform better uh, without was it PEDs. Yeah. Without PEDs. Uh, so, yeah, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you listen to this, Google. And every time you upload an episode, you will get a will, you will get a notification. Also, leave us a review on iTunes. That will really help the show as well. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram, at Box and Life. Yeah. We've got uh, musicians, actors, comedians as well that we have yeah, access everyone. to. And we mixed it all up. those people on. So. We mixed it all up and we got some... Big boxing podcast with some big uh, names coming on soon as well. So uh, if you want to send us a message, you can find me, Tony underscore Jeffries, on Instagram, at Glenn Holmes, LA, okay. on Instagram, and DM us, and we'll get back to you. Anyway, thank you for listening. Uh, until next time, we'll see you later.